0: This is Jackie's Hand of Horror, and this is your host, Jackie Naaman Jones. Today, I have with me my co host, Tanya Atomic. Hello. And my other co host, Rachel Jackson. Greetings. And this is Women in Horror Month. And so today, we are talking about women Women in horror. All right, for our movie trailer review, we just watched uh, the the trailer of Ginger Snaps, the 2000 film. I have not heard of this, but I am definitely going to see it. I like it. It's about a girl. It's called Ginger Snaps, and it's about a girl named Ginger. It wasn't till the end of the trailer I really got it. She snaps, I get it, but it's a girl who becomes a werewolf, and that's a premise
1: I had not heard before. I thought it was pretty cool. What do you think? Well, I have actually seen, I saw the movie at SIF um, when it was at the festival, oh. and I loved it. I think the trailer um doesn't show the main theme, but that's okay. It shows enough of the like little cool things that happen to get you interested, so i I feel like I'd see it based on that. I like it that it's like the sister story and and one is in peril and <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I like that there's a female werewolf. I feel like that's yeah. not something you see a lot of mm-hmm. like, mostly um werewolves are dudes mm-hmm. um yeah, and if there's a female werewolf, it's an exception or a surprise or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. so so I kind of dig the fact that it's interesting um just from the trailer. I'm not sure I would have realized she was turning into a werewolf because there are bits that make it look like she might be a vampire too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, a little teeth. bit. In the yeah. One, yeah. And the uh, fashionable streaks in her hair. I mean, obviously that's a vampire thing. Uh huh. <laughs> Vampires yeah, it's are almost, fashionable.
0: Almost a cr- crossover thing, isn't it? But I mean, you, you know, kind of a mixture. But um, I think in the end of the trailer, I I got that she was a werewolf, but. But yeah, wasn't the trailer didn't seem to be focused on that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I
1: would have pulled that out of it um, hmm. clearly. But it was kind of a fast paced trailer yeah. with a lot of action shots. Yeah, which yeah. is nice. But is it something you'd want to see, Rachel? Oh yeah,
0: totally. Uh-huh. I would totally
2: see this. I'm not afraid of werewolves. Yeah,
0: and you said you saw <laughs> it, but you you enjoyed it. You really liked it. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would totally see this. I just. I like the energy of it. Uh, it looked like the effects were really good, and the acting looked good, too. It, it looks like something that would definitely hold my interest through the film.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And a female-centric horror film, always, always something to see.
0: Yeah, it's me. always something, yeah, exactly. It's very nice to see something like that <laughs> with
1: the uh, women roles so strong. Yes. Yeah, not just damsel in distress, but yes. yeah. she's actually the main character. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and and she's pretty. Mm-hmm. And but that's not the main point, you know, which is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Today on our movie trailer review, we just watched the trailer for *The Descent*, a two thousand five film. I had never heard of it before. Uh, it's about five women that go down into a cave. Um, initially, I I, I was kind of turned off by the trailer at first because it seemed like the first thirty seconds was just a bunch of giggling, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, maybe this can be a powerful women's film, and
1: so that threw me off. But it got better after that. What do you what do you two think? Uh, well, for me, I've seen the movie. I saw it in the theater when it came out. So. It was kind of hard for me to see the trailer without thinking of all the other scenes in the movie.
3: Right.
1: Um. But it was... The trailer was interesting. It would probably bring me into the theater, um, but I don't want to say too much about the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> scary as heck. I just the trailer by
2: itself, but I mean, I'm claustrophobic, so these women are doing something I would never, mm-hmm. never, 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 never do. Um, so yeah, there wouldn't even need to be scary things happening in the cave. Just, just going the cave. and being in the cave for an hour and a half would just yeah send me into screaming fits. Be enough for you? Huh? Yeah. I mean, I should also admit I know the plot because I read a review of it mm-hmm. and then was interested enough to read a plot synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that said, I would say this trailer does a great job of not giving away what the movie's about. Mm. Is that right? Oh, uh, Would you agree with that, Tonya, having seen the movie?
1: Um, I mean, I think it. I think it gives away the creature aspect mm-hmm. right away, which I didn't know that when I went to see the movie. Interestingly enough, uh-huh. um, so I was surprised when that started happening because I thought it was going to be a claustrophobic people getting hurt doing something adventurous uh, yeah and then I was like what's this other thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so okay. that actually surprised me when I saw the movie yeah um, but I feel like the trailer just lays that out huh okay but it doesn't tell about the relationships and the other stuff going on between the women yeah so that'd be all fresh to someone that's true there's a lot yeah. of a lot huh. of the plot that's not not
2: revealed at all <clears throat> well, um, I
0: thought I thought the I thought it was filmed pretty well i I thought the effects were were pretty good i mean at least the ones that we showed they were creepy and yeah Yeah. the creatures look pretty creepy god did they
2: actually film this in a cave oh (laughs) i hope they got paid a lot
1: (laughs) you know for for me i don't know why but for some reason i enjoy movies that show that fear claustrophobia Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. i i like it actually like uh, the movie As Above, So Below, there's a couple moments where it's really creepy, claustrophobia. And yeah. I feel that. I feel the kind of, uh But yeah. I like that.
2: Yeah. yeah huh. but it was like in Kill Bill, Volume 2, where she where she winds up in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw yeah. that in the theater, and it was just, yeah, that I
1: was, I was not happy.
2: Ha- no, I could. I stayed. But I was very unhappy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know what it is about that theme, but I, I find it chilling, and I enjoy uh you uh, you like that roller coaster <laughs> yeah. feeling that it gives you. Yeah. It's a,
2: a non supernatural fear. It's yeah. like, it's like it's more very internal, real yeah. Real that's funny. Yeah.
0: I'm somewhere in, in the middle. I'm like I could kinda take it or leave it on this okay. film. So. Yeah, so yeah, would you okay. that's
2: that is that your official view, your yeah. kind of meh about yeah, whether you'd meh. watch this or not? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would not. Absolutely not. There you I go. will
2: not watch this because movie. Because of the fear.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I say, based on the claustrophobia thing, I would be like, yeah, I want to <laughs> <Wow>. that.
0: Well, <laughs> it's up to you, audience. It's totally up to you.
1: <laughs> For today's dark arts segment, we are going to be talking about how to make your own menstrual pads. So... Um one interesting fact that I came a- across was that the average woman disposes about 17,000 disposable pads in her lifetime which wow. is quite a bit. I mean if you think about how many that is for every single woman in in the landfills that's a lot. So that is a lot. Yeah, so the make your own Uh, Washable pads are good for the environment. They're actually better for your own health too because they don't have some of the chemicals and um, Like bleach and stuff like that in the pad itself Um, So it's actually better for your skin and your body and everything like that. So it's healthy and good for the environment and basically um, when you make your own pad, it's basically all about layers So, um, and one way you can do it is you can look it up online to find patterns. There's actually several different patterns. Some of them are sort of hourglass shaped with little wings on the side. Um, there's actually one I saw that was actually a a circle that you kind of fold. Hmm. And, um, there's some, you know, they're square with the little wings on the side and different ones. Um, most of people prefer sort of the hourglass because it's a little more comfortable, And um, if you look up online, you can find several different patterns. There's different sizes. And basically, you just pick one that works for you, one that you think you're going to feel comfortable with. And it's all about layers from that point. So what you want to do is there's going to be a top layer. And that layer is usually made out of um, like a flannel or... um, that type of a fabric, um, like feltine or flannel, that kind of a thing, because that's gonna absorb down and not wick out. And then the bottom panel is usually cotton. And some people put in, which I think is really smart, a waterproof layer right next to the bottom layer. So, and then there's also a middle layer for the absorbency. So it basically goes top layer with the flannel Then the inside, um, some people use cotton batting or layers of cotton. Then the waterproof layer with the waterproof part facing up towards the top. And then the bottom layer, which is usually cotton. And um, some people sew them all together with a little liner around the edge. And some people sew it inside out. And then you turn it inside out, put the uh, middle absorbent layer in the inside, and then sew the top. And then you can put little snaps or little uh, velcros on the wings so that they attach in place. And you can look online; just look up how to make your own menstrual pads, how to make your own pads, and you'll see a variety yeah. of different styles that come up and different patterns that come up.
0: And we'll share we'll share some um, links for people too.
1: Yeah, we can share a couple links for people. Um, I want to say full disclosure. As I do use reusable washable pads, I did not make my own um, and the reason why is because uh, I do worry about absorbency and leakage and that kind of thing and um i bought I actually use hygiene Love I bought from a place called hygiene Love, but there's a lot of different places that you can get these reusable washable pads, like Luna pads um hygiene love is another one that's the one that i use um luna pads is actually very well rated there's also glad rags uh, some other places um that's really easily searchable as well um but the reason why i use hygiene love is because um it's made out of a bamboo fiber that's super super soft
0: yeah the bamboo i love that bamboo fabric
1: super soft and it's super um absorbent so it doesn't leak at all and then the inside has like a charcoal layer in there like some kind of charcoal in the fabric Mm. which is super absorbent and so i for me i kind of feel more comfortable with that than just having cotton that i make myself that's just a personal preference though but i just wanted to full disclosure and say that so um and i was skeptical at first that it would um be kind of gross. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, I was skeptical that it would be kind of yeah. gross. But, um, but in reality, it's actually the most comfortable thing. And I used to kind of, um, I mean, it's not fun to have your period. Yeah, biological you know?
0: thing. I mean,
1: <laughs> it's not, it's not typically I mean, I'll fun. I'll tell you, I,
0: I, <laughs> I went through menopause a few years ago, and I do not miss it you know, but
1: but 40
0: something years of doing that every month, you know, except for the years I was pregnant. Um, and, and then one other thing you said about how many a woman uses in a lifetime, and that all goes into landfills and garbage. And, um, I've, lived for many, many years in houses with a septic system and you can't flush that stuff and um, you'll, you can ruin your septic system which will end up costing a whole lot more money. So, um you know, just a lot lot to consider uh, ecologically for your health. When I was growing up, um, when I was a teenager, it was terrifying when I was in high school because that's when toxic shock syndrome happened and and there was a while when nobody knew what was going on, why women were getting so sick and dying. And it's all because of, um, marketing, uh, bleaching these products because, you know, we're taught that this is a dirty thing and, and it's filthy and everything has to be white and pristine and purity. And, and it's just, um, y- you know, women are taught this. And have been through history, so it's good to talk about these things, and it's just part of life,
1: right? Yeah, it shouldn't be a a stigma because it's a thing that happens to almost every woman, and it's just a part of life. Shouldn't be afraid of it. That we all bleed. That's thank God we wouldn't.
0: There'd be no people. (laughs) We'd have no children if we couldn't uh, have these cycles, but.
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as not fun as periods are, I find that using the reusable uh, pads actually the comfort level is so amazing that it may it makes my discomfort Mm -hmm. of going through that so much less. I mean, it's amazingly less. So, I would never go back. I I do use you know disposable if I'm going to be out all day or whatever or you know, if I'm going to be, there's a tampon, you know, there's, there's times when it's appropriate. Um, but if I'm, if I'm going to be at home or I know I'm going to not be gone for long periods of time, I will use the reusable ones. It's easy. I just wash them in the washing machine by themselves. And, um, you know, they come out clean and And comfort is key.
0: anything we can do to be less grumpy, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so a good segment today Tanya thanks for uh, looking into that and yeah. yeah.
1: Today, for the interview portion of our podcast, we're interviewing Hannah Neurotica. We figured for Women in Horror Month, who better than the person who actually started Women in Horror Month. So hello, Hannah.
4: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Sure. Um, Can you, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started Women in Horror Month and maybe some of the things you were doing before it and why you saw a need to, to start it as you did.
4: Sure. Um... So it's kind of like one of those answers that could take me on a million tangents. So please do not hesitate to steer me in any direction. Um, but so before I uh, Women in Horror Month, I um I started Axwoon Zine, which was a cut and paste, you know, zine. Um for those that know what zines are. I am uh I'm assuming everyone here does, but those who are listening it's a magazine that you make with your hands. And um, the, t- the purpose of it was because I was super into horror films, but had just sort of discovered feminism, which sounds weird, because it's not like I was never not a feminist, but I was never, it, there was a certain point in my life where it, it, the politics of it became noticeable and important to me. Um, And when I, when I got to that phase, I remember having a professor who, you know, basically made me feel badly for liking horror films um, because because they're, you know, they're sexist and the woman is always being victimized. And, and at this point, this was during the time when um, American psycho had just, the film had just come out and she was trying to organize a, um, what do you call it, a protest at outside the theater, okay? At oh, the time, no. I knew nothing about the film at the time other than the book that it was based on and what she was telling us. I was sort of like naive or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, this is horrible, you know? And I didn't end up going to the thing. But regardless, it wasn't like I had my own – way of looking at things yet. It was very, I was very impressionable at that brief moment. Cause I was trying to suck up like every detail of information. So I went through this little phase where it was like, Oh man, I can't watch horror movies without this intense guilt. And that was awful because anytime you really love something to not engage in it, because you think you can't is just not a good feeling. Um, and I really wanted to reconcile that. And so I ended up moving to Olympia, Washington and going to Evergreen, um, and i got really involved with interning in the women's center and one day i went in there and this this guy was in there reading a book called men women and chainsaws gender in the modern horror genre which is sort of which is by carol clover and it's sort of like that's where the term final girl came from and all that um, and it changed my life cause it was like, holy shit, there's like this academic person talking about horror films and gender and oh my God, like, this is what I need to reconcile these things. And so from that point on, it was like, I can like horror and there, these are all the reasons why. And I need people to talk to about this. And that was really hard to find because at the time there wasn't social media, um, and so it wasn't like I could just go and post on a board like, hey, blah, blah, blah. So I started, that's why I started the zine. Um, and then I started joining, you know, I was already sort of in the, the zine world, but it was all, it was a lot of very like riot girl punk stuff that I was into. So the audience there wasn't um, horror necessarily, but they were interested in looking at media from feminist views. So I, um, you guys are still there, right? I'm not yeah, just no, talking to yeah. myself. And <laughs> oh. okay. I just wanted to show Yeah. Okay. And this is by the way, yeah, uh,
0: skul- skul- okay. skulking around here in the shadows. but
4: Okay. It's like, oh my God, imagine we got disconnected oh. like three minutes ago. Okay. No <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So then I, um, I started that scene on, you know, just cutting and pasting, writing my thoughts and all this stuff. And, um, found those people who were into zines, and and we just kind of traded, and then they, you know, it just kind of went from there. But it was it was very hard. I didn't really have a community of women that liked horror that I could talk to. And I remember going onto the Rue Morg message board when it started, and I posted something, and oh yeah, no, I was like an evil horrible person for bringing the f word of feminism to anything relating to horror. Like I was just I was eaten alive, and. And Yvonka um, Vukovic at the time was the editor of Roomorg, And I had actually reached out to her. And so she came onto the board and like kind of was like, no, she's cool. And then everyone's like, oh, Yvonka likes her. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. But, you know, it was like it's so ridiculous. But anyway, so, so that was how that started. And then one day, long story short, you know um, – I feel like I, I have this thing where I always think no, I'm boring no. the fuck out of people. So i, no, I was, no. oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. So then one day I at my day like my job, like and I get this email from Newsweek, which at the time was actually credible. And um it was like uh they were like, Oh, we wanna do something about Eli Roth's Hostel 2 is coming out and we just talked to him and he said, it's the most feminist movie that was ever made or the most feminist horror film. And I'm like sitting there with like, Okay, it hasn't come out yet. I haven't seen it. Who do you think I am that I have access to (laughs) movies before they come out? You know, and and then it it occurred to me too. It's like, wow, Newsweek really can't find a woman to comment on horror that they found me. You know, and 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 it was just like this kind of realization of what the vacuum that was, and so that's that article was what made it. Ax become kind of more of a known thing because that was a sort of you know something people looked at on Newsweek at the time. And when was that? But, when um, was that, but anyway, Hannah, that that came
0: out. What year? Um, I mean, about.
4: So let's see. I am going to just totally guess and say. 06, okay, 06, 07. quite a while
0: ago. So yeah, there was really nothing going on okay. for women.
4: Or maybe. No, that was more. Yeah, no, it was earlier. It was. It was probably like. Oh oh
0: five
4: yeah okay yeah because i started in oh three so so yes so there was a big period there where i just did it and i think like three people read it for a few years (laughs) but um (laughs) so anyway so uh where did i leave off there um So I, so I made the zine. It was in Newsweek. Somebody emailed me when I was at work at a day job, like anyone else saying, I don't know if Hannah's reading this, but if her people could, could to talk to us about this. And I'm just like, (laughs) my people, like my boss is going to catch me checking my email in a second and I'm going to be fine. You know, like, so, so that's sort of when things got a little more exciting and then fast forward, a few years later, which what brought Women in Horror Month into the mix was I was asked to be on a panel um, on CBC radio. And um, Ivanka again, was on it along with another woman. And basically the whole segment was a joke. And they made it seem like women who enjoy horror are... And anomaly, and we were kind of like let 's not they were they weren 't using the time to actually get into a discourse about it. It was like, Oh, Ivanka mm. has a lot of tattoos. How does she get a boyfriend you know like that was actually yeah. something they brought up. Uh, yeah, how do you date like that okay that's This is a real great conversation um but it—I got so pissed after that. Between you know them acting like we were like these freaks to to just not taking any of it seriously, to the shock that the, women like horror—they were like, "Whoa, what?"
1: So-, so they were kind of showcasing you guys in in like this way, in this this TV talk show kind of way, like, oh, "Look yeah. at these videos, like that."
4: Yeah, it was kind of, it was, just, I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype, but it, I could tell from her voice, she was a much older lady, I think. But she had this kind of like, you guys, you guys are so atypical, you know, like, like, it was just, yeah, it was awful. So, so anyway, I, um, I got so pissed off after that, because i had been doing this for so many years. And I was just at this point, I was like, oh, so I went on to my Blog, which I never blogged, but I blogged happened to this one day where I was like, fuck all of this. Women like horror, not only as fans, but they have stories to tell. And I just kind of like banged it out. It was filled with every spelling error in the planet. And like, I just hit publish and I posted it everywhere. And I wrote in that, I said, I don't care if you guys want to do women in horror month in February with me or not, but I'm doing it. And I just declare it a month, and that's how it's going to (laughs) be. This is it. February is Women in Horror Month. And I really didn't think anything was going to come of it. But now it's nine years later, and, like, people I don't know are celebrating it more than people I do know. So very people around the world, yeah. Yeah. events all around the world. Well, and there's, like, chapters of it, you know? There's, like, Women in Horror Month Dublin has their own page, and there's, you know, every year a new country... Um, there's an event somewhere new in the world and
1: yeah.
4: I'm just yeah. going to keep babbling. I just love
0: that so much of it, it, it's not just focused on helping women and women in creative ventures and, and horror. Uh, but, but it's about charity. It's about paying it forward. I mean, amongst mm-hmm. filmmakers about collaboration, uh, but it's all as, also about the charities. You know, talk about that, like the blood drive. Oh.
4: Yeah, well, the charity aspect, it's, you know, it's really important because first, a couple things. One, people always think that certain things about you based on what you like. So if you're a horror person, you know, you must be a freakish person and something's wrong with you and why can you like that? So, I mean, it, you know, I don't want to take, I can't take credit at, in any way, shape, or form for the blood drive, because that idea was strictly from the Saskas. But um the the idea of of the charity aspect, especially a lot of the events, you know, we encourage people to donate money that they make to women's organizations and that kind of thing. Because I really feel that this is a community thing and we have to support each other and show that, you know, this we're good people trying to do good things that will impact far more than just the horror community. Because when you see things change in your own community, right? That's then right. Gonna, it's going to move yeah. outwards. So it's just, yeah. So it's sort of like, well, maybe, you know, in gaming, this can happen. Maybe it'll stretch out to here. So just that whole you know the the paying it forward aspect of it, and and just yeah. doing something good, <laughs> you know, in the world exactly. where everything is so fractured. Right
1: and if go ahead. Um, oh well, I was gonna say, you know, Hannah, I do feel like um, you were a real catalyst to bring um, a voice for people like like yourself and I who our horror fans, I mean, I, I know you're saying you, it came about because you felt alone and like, there was nobody, no support. And I felt like that too, for a really, really long time. And because of you and other, some other people as well who really kind of brought a group of women together Mm -hmm. and gave people support. There is something now where I feel like there really wasn't, it was lacking. And, and like, I don't know if I would have the support as a fan or a filmmaker even if it wasn't for all this stuff. I mean, I'm sure you must hear that from other people as well.
4: Um, Well, People definitely tell me, you know, that the positive impact it's had. And I mean, for, you know, but like, just to like what you just said, I, you know, it was, it was feeling alone and it was like, I, I, I want to connect with other people and I know they're out there and, and you know, it's, it's, it's something really powerful about that connection. And so One of the ways that I actually went about it was I sat down with every piece. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I sat down with every piece of horror (coughs) media that I could imagine. And I scoured it for women's names. I went through every, I I went through every like masthead on every, everything. I I went to universities. I went, I said, what is, in every arena and I just wrote to all of them. And I, and I, um, I said, I'm trying to, I'm doing this magazine. I want to feature you. I want to start, you know, creating this space. And, and so, you know, that's how I found, um, you know, Rebecca McKendry and and just people who were in all different areas who hadn't really heard, probably, you know, at the time were just like, you know, they're like the one woman in the office and like, who is this person that cares <laughs> that I work here? And, and to me, it was sort of, it was exciting, kind of like this, um yeah investigative thing like where are the women I know they're here you know the work that you
0: do and bringing (laughs) people together like that spreads out into other areas too because I mean the movie I was in as a kid is it's it's known as being horrible not horror and uh, Tanya you know Tanya's been in horror but but through my association with all these women and people these creative people have opened up my world into ways I never imagined, and mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be possible if it weren't so for often. these for women like you, these trailblazers out there. And I'm older than both of you, so I've I've been seeing how slow things have been going for a long time.
4: Oh, it's 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 that's the thing, you know, like the slow thing you said. I mean, I think you have to really when you do stuff like this, it's like any kind of activism. It's, you, you can't be in it for immediate gratification because you good. might not never get what you're looking for in your lifetime, but that progress that you make while you are doing it is, can be profound even if you don't see it. And, um, and that's why I think that I, I just truly believe that saying that, that every, like one person can make a difference because I mean, all I did was write a fucking Blog posting and just and and nobody had to even say they agreed with me. They could have just said okay, whatever. um so it's like I put that idea out there, but then all these people came together, and it was them that actually you know made that happen. Because I women in horror month is nothing without That's each true. individual person bringing their own stuff to it. So it's and the same thing with blood donation. You know, it's like one donation can help multiple people, and that in turn helps other people, and so you know i'm just i feel very strongly about community but but also the the concept of you know women are so competitive right now especially in entertainment it's it's you know it's really awful how much really? we do not support each other um even when we want to be supporting each other i think there's this part of us that feels like well there's only one or two spaces for a woman so you know, I want that space because with men, there's not this, this issue of space. So I think that we have to make more spaces for each other, meaning like we have to hire each other and, you know, we have to, we have to create those spaces. So I think that's hard when you are a minority in any sense and you want to support each other, but feel yeah. like you know there's no room for I everyone. feel like you know thing. on the, on the other tough, side, it's, I've it's been so it.
0: fortunate to see um, women really bringing their strengths together and becoming so powerful together mm-hmm. and uh like the blood drive is one of those things that show me that I mean obviously you know all the films aren't aren't by women and they're not by women for women or but um but there are a lot of women that are involved in the process of creating the short films for the, the public service announcement over the month. And, um, the collaboration that has to happen for this talent to come together just in that way is pretty remarkable.
4: It's really amazing to me that, that people, people like you know every year it's been one PSA that Saskas had sort of edited together and this year it's one every day and I'm blown away by it myself like it's like holy crap all of these teams came together for this and they all you know this isn't like a money making thing you know everyone put their own passion and resources into it and it's just it's really really special um, because it's just I mean it, I, and I hope I really 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 hope people actually donate blood that's the thing because I you know, I'm trying to find ways every year. Yeah. How can I actually get people to sit in that chair? And so it's, I, I, well, I'm trying to, that's something I every year. Yeah, like, and and hmm, on our, I do? Um, so, our, our I Facebook are page are and
0: it. Twitter w- in our show notes, we'll have links so people can find out more about the blood drive and the other things that you're doing too. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's- yeah, Hannah. I, d- I wanted to ask you. Speaking of the PSAs, um, your the first one you did
4: was was it like two years ago? The first one I did was oh, I was just trying to figure it out the other day. I've done it a couple years. I've done mm. four or five of them. Um, well,
1: talk to me about because I remember um, you hadn't ever made a film before when you did when you were about to do your first one. Yeah, and tell me about. You know, do you feel like that was a natural progression? Did you want to become a filmmaker before, or was that something new that you wanted to do in order to help the blood drive? How did that start, and how do you feel about that? Are you going to continue to make films, and you know, where where are you on it's that?
4: An interesting question, because yeah, you have me thinking about a timeline. Because the very first film I ever did was part of a forty-eight hour film contest thing, and I wonder if it was like right around that time, but anyway that's neither here nor there um i i have always i had always wanted to be a filmmaker like that was it was when i was a kid it was like i'm going to be a doctor and then one day i'm going to be a filmmaker and then that was just always what it was was writer filmmaker and i i had this experience um where i was taking a screenwriting class after school and then I had finished it, and then there was another one called "Script to Screen where you 're going to shoot a scene from it and we had um I went in and I did this set and i it was like a classroom, and I made it look like this girl's bedroom and I was really proud, and I brought my friend to play her and this these guys came in and they just mm. pushed me aside, decided what was to change um no, this doesn't work. We're gonna change it. Oh, this visual doesn't we're gonna do a different visual because <laughs> we think that what you're trying to say is blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And 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 I was like I was in junior high school, so my confidence was not through the roof by any means. And I had never done anything like that. And these people were like, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. So I after that I was just so, oh my God, that this I can't do this. Like oh, I I, no. I can't I couldn't speak up. I couldn't and yeah. so I Got a dude bro takeover. Oh my god! Well, they it man, is like, they mansplained it, like it a, to me. All dude is just descend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they mansplained the story of a mother and daughter. That's uh, mansplaining my, that's my relationship with my mom. Um. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah. So, so after that, it was like I was I was scared away, honestly, f- and I never went back because I just I didn't have the confidence at the time. So, um. So I, it wasn't until then when I went away to college and all that, I was always like, I want to do film. I want to do film. I want to make a film, but i so I was just writing all the time. Cause I couldn't get myself to actually do it way too scared. And then it wasn't until, you know, in my early thirties that I was like, or whatever that was that I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again. And I did that 48 wow. hour thing. And, we, we were runner-up for best film. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And cool. then, you know, that was pretty awesome. And then um, – but from there, it was kind of – it was – I still hadn't found my way in any way until just now <laughs> when I have discovered Stop Motion. And now it's like after all those years, it's like, okay. That's,
0: that's really that's, cool. This is, this oh, how fun. Yeah, uh, we actually wow. got to see your, uh, your <laughs> short, and uh, I really loved it. The one for the blood drive just loved it.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't wait to see what else you do.
4: Yeah. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. That was my first one ever. And I, I'm just, yeah, I just made that. It was my very, very first one. And I learned so much oh, already How cool. building. How this cool is for- that? Oh wow. Like, you no,
0: know, that's a different <laughs> kind of puppetry you now, wouldn't it be? It our crazy. first our first episode of uh Jackie's Hand of Horror was on puppets. Yeah. So I'm just getting a little segue in there.
4: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes. It is it's definitely. I mean stop motion, a lot of it. No, especially back in the day it was done with puppets, oh. you know, with the strings could even see oh, right. you know yeah.
1: but yeah. What Hannah, what is it about the stop motion that you feel draws you <laughs> to it?
4: Um, oh my god. I can do everything myself. I <laughs> don't need to work with actors, I don't need to work with anybody. <laughs> I can go into a dark room and manipulate a world. And in the middle of the night, any time of day, well, but, but, but really, it's like, I mean, there is truth to that. That's that's a big part of it is it's such who I am as my personality, because I'm just the kind of person (laughs) that could hide in a house for their whole life and be totally entertained. But, but also, I just I feel it's, um, it's meditative. And I've always wanted to tell stories that were so cartoonishly ridiculous, things that nobody would ever actually do for me if I asked them, nor should they. And it's like. And if you get mad at them, you can just squash them. (laughs) I can make my actors do anything. (laughs) And I don't have to worry exactly <laughs> exactly but i really and i one of the things i've learned that i love about it is the problem solving because oh. every single thing about stop motion is figuring out how the fuck am i gonna make this happen and oh. it's like how is this gonna work hmm, well okay and so i really feel like i spend so much time just trying to solve problems and i so i love that there's this that aspect of it this creative stuff there's this cut and paste zine aspect of it there's photography there's moving it's just oh, everything cool. I, yeah i can't wait to see what you come up I, with that's been uh it's, it's I like, like i can tell
0: from the passion it. in your voice <laughs> that that uh you just can't wait to explore <laughs> this
4: Oh, my God. I've exhausted YouTube. I went on YouTube, on Vimeo. I've looked up every claimation <laughs> so I've defined. So that's your next thing. Uh-huh. And I've I mean, watched them over and over thing. again. And I'm like, ah, we or need more. You probably have, you
0: probably <laughs> so, have 20 yeah. new things.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But I think that honestly, like, it's crazy. I really feel like I've just found, I've just found wow. my thing. And so much of my energy is all, like, Forming into it, coming together, so that's
0: perfect yeah. for February, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel in love that's how I'm there you feel. go, yeah, and about women it. in horror month, so is there anything else? is there anything that we have <laughs> transition that you, about the, the, you, you know, know anything coming up that that you like
4: the only thing I would say uh, to people listening is that I also have the Axwin Film Festival, which is every um, November and is part of Women in Horror Month. So when it's not February, I'm working um, to pull that together. We just did our third one, and it's all horror films written and directed by women and workshops and presentations. And we just did an awesome one um, uh, about horror in the Trumpian era with Allison Lang, who just wrote a book with Rue Morg um, about women in horror. And it was absolutely awesome. So I'm really trying to kind of make that sort of like a living zine in a sense, like this interactive wound experience is sort of. So that's the other thing I work on um, for people that might want to submit films or that kind of thing.
0: Oh, me too. That's great.
4: Oh, well, loved yeah, it.
1: Thanks really. so much for being with <laughs> us today. I really enjoyed this interview. <laughs>
4: Thank you for letting me babble. And I'm so glad you guys like well, that. we'll make sure motion. we so uh, so you have our, should, like, the see links people so that people actually can see, it. So I'm so see that and it uh, makes me feel to really find good. the Women
0: in Horror and oh, the Blood Drive and, and all the things that you're working on, the, the, the zine. And we'll put it all on our show notes and our Facebook page. Well, thank you. Great talking with
4: you. You guys are awesome. I really, really appreciate all the support.
0: This segment of our podcast is The Pinky, and it's represented by my granddaughter, who's here with me, Aradia. Say hi, Aradia. (laughs) <laughs> Hi. I love this kid. Now, today's podcast is about women in horror. And Aradia is neither a woman or a horror, although, you know, as a 3-year-old maybe she was just a little bit, but not to me. <laughs> and uh so Aradia, I want to talk to you today. This is more about girls and women doing Things that make them feel powerful, that make them feel good. So what kind of things do you love to do that just make you feel happy?
2: Hmm, let me think.
0: Well, I know you love art. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon. What's your favorite character? Is that the right word? Grandma doesn't know the language.
4: Hmm, I have lots of favorite Pokemon.
0: Well, tell me one of them and tell me why it's your favorite. Just one. My Mega Blastoise. Mega Blastoise. Okay. Blast- what does that one do? Blastoise is my favorite Pokemon in the whole original series. Really? Why?
2: Because um, it looks cool, and it is my favorite yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, but I, see, I don't
0: know. <clears throat> I don't know about Pokemon, and some people don't like. Is it the the colors? Is it its powers? What do you like about it? Uh, does it? I what don't kind know. of powers does it have? What does it do?
3: It has lots of strong abilities. It has what? Okay, lots of strong abilities. Uh, I all think right,
0: well, happen. we'll we'll leave it at that then. So, um, you know what I know about you is that you're a really, you're a really creative person. You like to sing. You like to do art, dance. dance. Yeah, and also, <laughs> what else? Okay. Um, hmm. I know you're a really good big sister. I like Minecraft. Minecraft? Of well, what do you mean, of course? How did you get into Minecraft? I know. Yeah, baby your dad. Your dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my mom. Oh, they like Minecraft. My mom, Minecraft, dad, huh? and Jace. Very cool. So you're like uh, yes. family Minecrafters. And Jace. Uh, man, really your brother's a- like only three years <laughs> old. He's already playing Minecraft. <laughs> He's a pro. One time he. A ten year old, a ten year old he he beat a ten-year-old. A ten-year-old at he beat a ten-year-old. Wow. Okay. At gliding. Well, your brother's pretty brilliant. So, but I and I know you're pretty brilliant, and you have to be to keep ahead of that guy, huh?
2: Mm, kinda. Sometimes he catches up, but I go too far.
0: <laughs> he can't even me. And you're gonna be a big sister again. You gotta. A, too, from my yeah, brother. And have another one. this one. Well, you're a cool kid, Aradia. I'm really glad you're part of my podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot of other things over... What's that? I, I, hope, oh. I hope we talk about spiders. <laughs> well, that's coming spiders. up. You'll see. We'll be talking about spiders. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We'll talk about zombies. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. Oh. Um, <laughs> Kinds of things. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on today. I love talking to you, honey. We'll talk again next podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Jackie's Hand of Horror. For links and more information on the fun and sometimes horrible things we discuss, please visit us on Facebook at Jackie's Hand of Horror. And that's Jackie with an E-Y. Thanks again for listening today. And special thanks to the great people who come together to make this podcast possible. My co-host, Tanya Atomic and Rachel Jackson. And also, Greg Talley, Ron McAdams, Natalie Ryan, and the rest of the crew at the Revival League podcast. Join us again in two weeks for another fun podcast.